to have you back and welcome the Michael Show. Continuing on hour number two. Hour number two. By the way, I did find that article on the uh, Packers defense. So if you want to read uh, what I was kind of uh, referencing regarding uh, Joe Barry and the Packers defense and the explosive plays, uh, it was on Fanside. So I grabbed the article. I posted it over on the Facebook fan page if you want to take a look at it. So you can find it there. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. And you can drag it down. Joining us now on the uh, the hotline, our friend Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast, at Andy Herman NFL over on Twitter, at Andy Herman NFL. Andy, how you doing? Hey, Bill, doing great. Thanks so much for having me. So I, I was going through this article, and it was fan side that I was uh, referencing. I don't know if you caught it or not, but uh, they posted an article about uh, the explosive plays, both running and passing against this Packers defense, the predictability of the Joe Barry defense. Uh, it's it's far too late in the season now to really start self-scouting. But if you learn anything during the bye week, it's about maybe what you should or shouldn't be doing as you have four games remaining, all of which you have to win. And there is a scenario that can still find you into the postseason. So give me your thoughts as this team comes back. Not necessarily, we'll talk about the offense in a minute, but talk about the defense and what needs to happen for this team to have success. Oh, uh, like you said, I don't know that we can solve that in a, a bye week, much less a, a radio segment, Bill. There's a lot that's gone wrong. I, I'm old enough to remember the off season where uh, we were hoping and expecting at least a top 10 defense, if maybe not better than that. And that certainly hasn't come to fruition. I think with, with any defense, it's going to start with your, your up front, your defensive linemen, your edge players. And something that the Packers have struggled with, whether it's been under Mike Pettin, the later years of Dom Capers, and now certainly with Joe Barry, I like to call it eating your vegetables on early downs. Everyone's got some really creative and fun third down pressure packages, and everyone likes to get all their defensive backs on the field and add a bunch of speed on the field. That's all well and good, but if you can't get teams into third and long situations, uh, that stuff doesn't work very well. And as you mentioned, Green Bay has been giving up explosive plays on early downs, which, again, does not allow you to get into some of those third and long situations. And even against, you know, going back against a, a game like the, the Philadelphia Eagles, Tennessee Titans, that's a team where they're consistently picking up three, four, five, six yards on first down, making it second and short, third and short. And Green Bay doesn't get to put in some of their fun pressure package plays. So they have to start by eating their vegetables on early down, stopping the run. Kenny Clark, he had a better game this, this past game against the Bears, but his five weeks prior to that might have been the worst five-week stretch of his you know career. And yes, some double teams are a part of that, uh, especially with Rashawn Gary being out. And he's seen a lot of the extra attention because of that. Uh, but Kenny Clark needs to play better. The rest of the defensive line, they spent a first-round pick on Devontae Wyatt. Haven't got any return on investment on that really so far. Uh, Quay Walker, another first-round pick, struggles to get off of blocks in the run game. And without Rashawn Gary, you're playing an undersized J.J. Nigbari at one of your edge positions. And uh, what ends up happening is you just don't have the players up front. You have to commit an extra guy in the box, usually a Rudy Ford or an Adrian Amos. And that's allowing some of those explosive plays down the field as well. So it starts up front. Like I said, you got to eat your vegetables first, stop the run, get teams into second and long, third and long situations. And then even then when they get to that situation, um, we're seeing a lot of situations where Joe Barry's defense is playing, you know, third and seven, and they're playing 10 yards off the ball and giving up the seven yard completions. And they just don't have the, the one guy like a Rashawn Gary that can get consistent pressure on the quarterback uh, that, you know, results in turnovers or, you know, just, forcing the other team to punt the ball so there is a lot going on and that we haven't even discussed all the tackling issues bill the coverage issues the coverage breakdowns in the secondary it's been a mess and like you said it, it's it can't be one week thing where they just get everything fixed unfortunately that was gonna be my next point is we can talk about you know schematically getting things done 
it's the will to tackle. I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of somebody has to do it or want to do it. And it seems like tackling, the fundamental of tackling, has escaped them. But what I alluded to, and see if you agree, I looked at this and I said, well, wait a minute. Uh, I, while, uh, you know, yeah, I get it on one hand, uh, you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time. But if you feel like you don't believe in the scheme, like if your season is going down the tubes, if your offense isn't supporting you, if things are just going against you, it's human nature. You get a little down, which gives you that little that little quarter second, half second extra oomph where you take off a little bit or your enthusiasm isn't there to propel you. That energy isn't there to propel you. So instead of putting a shoulder into a guy, you're grabbing him with an arm and he's breaking an arm tackle. So to me, the fact that it looked like this team was out of it, there wasn't much to play for, they were failing miserably, And because I can't believe Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, the two new guys in Wyatt and Quay Walker. Obviously, Rashawn Gary was having a good season until he went down, but then you talked about Kenny Clark, Darnell Savage. You know, you look at all these guys, I can't believe everybody dropped off the map and fell off the table at the exact same time. That's why I got to believe it's just they don't either don't believe in the scheme, not in the right place at the right time, or they're just playing a half step slow. Yeah, so let, let's talk about the scheme for a second because I think there's a, a correlation here. So in, in general, right, it's not like Joe Barry's running stuff that isn't different than other teams around the league are running. Um, it's been very in vogue to play a little bit more of a coverage-style defense, two safeties deep, and, you know, make team, you know, not give up explosive plays, those sort of things. Like, the, the, every team around the league is running the same, you know, you know, man cover, you know, cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four, and different variations of it. It's not like anyone's just sort of reinventing defense out there in the NFL right now. But you have to play a scheme that is going to fit the personnel that you have. And I think if you go back to the Minnesota game and, and really early in the season, if you remember some of the criticisms and critiques of Joe Barry's defense early in the season, not that it's changed a ton, but um, this was a defense that was extremely vanilla. That was basically just trying to win with its, you know, four guys up front, play coverage on the back. There was nothing unpredictable about it. There was no blitzes. In fact, I think they went a couple weeks without actually blitzing uh, a single player on a play. They would have some five-man fronts where all five guys would come, but nothing that they would blitz from depth or anything like that. And it was a very passive brand of football. And a couple things. A, you have to remember that defensive players just naturally, in their nature, are attacking-oriented players. They want to be the ones that are setting the tone, not the other way around. They don't want to give up eight-yard completion, seven-yard completion, and just go tackle the guy. They want to go make plays. And I think if you look at this defense early in the season, this was as vanilla and passive of a defense as you could possibly imagine. Joe Barry was hoping that his front four would get home on the, the quarterback and being able to stop the run up front, and then they would be able to just cover with guys like Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Razul Douglas, their safeties, et cetera, on the back end. And to some extent, you, you understand the idea and the philosophy behind it, but then you have to look at your personnel this is not a strong tackling group, specifically in the secondary. Darnell Savage, his weakness is tackling. Jair Alexander uh, hasn't been as physical and aggressive since hurting his shoulder last season. Eric Stokes, definitely not a tackling player. You're you know, bringing in a Quay Walker in the first round. Speed linebacker can get sideline to sideline, but he's not the most physical player at the point of attack. So you've got some issues, and even like an Adrian Amos, um, not the most fleet of foot, not taking the best angles anymore. So he, he's not exactly the, the one. Eight. You, don't, you don't have a bunch of Cam Chancellors back there where like taking guys and, you know, pummeling them on the second level. That's just not how this defense is built. So if you're going to put a defense out there that is consistently playing, you know, eight, 10 yards off the ball and has to rally to the football and go make immediate tackles, 
that's not putting these guys in their strength. That's not what they do well. Um, so you're putting them kind of behind the eight ball. And then again, defensively, you as a player, you want to attack. You want to set the tone. You want to set the pace. And this is not a defense that really allowed those guys to do that. So I do think at some point they're just like, you know, this isn't this isn't the way that we want to play defense, whether they checked out. I've never seen a game where they just quit on the game. So kudos to them for that, I guess. But um, you can tell that I don't think there's 100 percent buy in either. So offensively speaking, by the way, we're talking with Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast. You can find him at Andy Herman NFL. So we've dissected the defense coming back. Offensively speaking, uh, there's an optimism there. You get Romeo Dobbs back. Uh, Rogers says he feels good. The thumb feels good. He said, you know, the ribs are feeling really good. He seemed like they're, at least on the uh, the McAfee uh, you know podcast, it sounded like he was in a good spirit, had a little time to work on the tan. Seems like he's coming back with a bounce. The only deterrent is you don't have David Bakhtiari for whatever period of time, but you're hoping that Zach Tom can fill the bill. So at least there's this optimism that maybe with the discovery of Christian Watson, also another guy he started to trust in Romeo Dobbs coming back, Maybe this offense can pick it up. And if this offense can give you early scores rather than trying to come from behind, maybe then you get Joe Barry to actually say, okay, we're up by a score or two. We don't have to play on our heels and we can become the aggressor. That'd be nice. I would love to see that. And I do think there is optimism surrounding the offense. I actually think, I know Christian Watson deservedly is going to get a lot of the credit and we'll touch on that as well, but I think it does start with the offensive line. Um, I know Bakhtiari coming back was a huge part of that and he, you know, his absence will certainly be felt. Uh, but when they made the move, you know, obviously getting Bakhtiari back at left tackle, but put Jenkins back at left guard, move John Runyon to right guard and then put Yash at right tackle. Um, that was really uh, a huge difference in their season. Elton Jenkins looked completely out of sorts. Part of it's coming back from a torn ACL, but he just did not look natural at all at right tackle. Getting him back at left guard and allowing him to play his natural position, he has looked light years better these past five weeks than what he did when he was playing at right tackle um, coming back from the torn ACL. John Runyon Jr. has basically looked the same going from left guard to right guard. In fact, I almost feel like he's played a little bit better. I think he's almost had to just think a little bit more. And sometimes I feel like Runyon can kind of get on cruise control. Um, He's a good player, but when he does, he can allow some uh, or have some mistakes, I guess I'll say. So I think it's almost allowed him to maybe think a little bit more and almost play a little bit better. And the big one is Yash Nyman, who... I think it had done solid work at left tackle, but he always looked just like kind of a swing tackle to me where, you know, he can fill in in a pinch and you don't have to change your offense, but you're not winning because of him per se at right tackle. Despite the Packers seemingly having serious trepidation over whether or not they wanted to move him to right tackle and wondering if he could play the position. I actually think he looks much better and much more natural at right tackle than he did at left tackle. And I actually think he's one of the the key reasons why this offensive line has been playing so well. So uh, I know Zach Tom will be in there for, for David Bakhtiari, but Tom played well last week against the Bears, albeit against one of the worst front fours in football. But um, I do think that it starts with the offensive line. And then all, all beginning of the season, the big issue for this offense is they couldn't beat press man, you know, cover one uh, defense. And, you know, they didn't have a deep threat to really take the, the top off of the defense and really pose any threat. And now Christian Watson has changed that in a very major way. He is the exact skill set that this team needed on this season. Somebody that not only can threaten the defense deep, but that has a gravity towards him that is taking not only his corner, but a safety with him 20 yards down the field, which is opening things up underneath for some of their possession receivers. And then, of course, you can just get it to him on an end around and he can take it 60 yards at any given moment as well. So um, the offense, yeah, a lot of optimism right now surrounding what they've been doing. Does this offense have enough weapons, in your opinion, to be successful? I I think they really need a a difference maker at tight end. I don't think Robert Tunyon's uh, come back and had the same explosiveness coming off his torn ACL. But if you look at the wide receiver group, 
I think, you know, the, the vision, if, if everyone was healthy all season long, I, I think is kind of paying off a little bit. I think you've got your explosive playmaker in Christian Watson. We're about to finally get, you know, finally get our first glimpse of Watson and Dobbs really playing together. And I think if Dobbs can kind of be more of that number two guy rather than having to be the guy when he was in there earlier this season and allow Christian Watson to be the guy that's taking a little bit more of the coverage his way, I think that's going to open up Romeo Dobbs for even more explosive plays. And you've got Alan Lazard as your possession guy over the middle, guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts and can move the chains. And then you've got kind of your old established veteran in Randall Cobb who can play that slot position and still knows how to undercut, you know, un- uncover, excuse me, in key situations. I like that group as a foursome. Um, I obviously Jones and Dylan. Dylan's playing his best ball over the last couple of weeks and certainly gets harder to tackle in December, January, cold weather, et cetera. Think they and like I said, the offensive line's playing better. So I think they need a little bit more from that tight end position. But outside of that, I, I kind of like the weapons that they have right now. Um, before I let you go, special teams wise, I was sitting there uh, last night, and a few people bring up Mason Crosby. Now, uh, for the most part, the field goals have been good. He's only missed three. One of them was blocked on a, on a bad snap exchange. Uh, beyond fifty, he hasn't had success. We all know that. But kickoffs, do you get that? Because I I was bringing this up that some of them just look short. Some you just they just do, and there's others where they're angular. They're you know the old coffin corner type of kick where they're using the the sideline as a twelfth man. Can you distinguish between what is and isn't supposed to be going deep into the end zone, what is and isn't supposed to be going to a sideline, and where maybe there has just been leg strength failure? Yeah. So as you mentioned, a lot of the ones that are in the corner of the end zone where Crosby's trying to put a little bit more height on the ball, you know, those are ones where they're trying to get it so that they can pin them deeper, you know, hopefully inside the 20, you know, they do have got, this is the first time they've had, you know, really good coverage guys like a Dallin Levitt and a Rudy Ford and a Keyshawn Nixon and those type of players that, you know, can help you do some of those things. So there are situations where they're trying to get, you know, play, you know, teams pinned a little bit deeper inside the red zone. But as you mentioned, there's times too, where uh, Crosby's just been a little bit short on his kickoff. So, uh, you can tell just the, the leg that he had earlier in his career is not there. The the 50 plus yard field goal is not really a part of his repertoire right now. Um, you know, a little bit slower from you know actual uh, takeoff to contact on the ball. Just all of it's just been a, a little bit of a decline for Crosby. Still a solid kicker, but uh, probably looking at the the point this coming off season where they're going to have to start looking in another direction just for a younger kicker who is uh, probably has a little bit more juice left in their leg. Good stuff as always, Andy. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk again as the season winds down, okay? Can't wait. Thanks so much, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our uh, that's our good buddy Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, at Andy Herman NFL, at Andy Herman NFL. Always good to get him on the program with us and, uh, and chat a little bit. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends, Pella Winners and Doors of Wisconsin. Right now, no money down, no interest, no payments. Going into 2024. So this upcoming year, you keep the jingle in your pocket, you'd be good to go. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I keep telling you about the door that I had put in the great room. The windows were already there, but I needed one more patio door. And I had one from Pella, and then the one alongside it was not from Pella. And I noticed last year that as the you know it got cold, that room just couldn't keep up. It couldn't keep up with the heat. So, and, you know, when I would set it at 70, it would always sit at about 64 to 65 degrees. It just flat out couldn't keep up. And so this year, uh, just before the weather hit, Pella came in in September and redid the door. They they busted out the old one, put in a brand new one. First of all, it looks beautiful. And I know it's safe. It's got that toe kick on it that puts that pin in the door. So you can't open it. Even if you have a key to open it, you can't open the door. You don't have to stick a stick in there or anything like that. It's safe. 
And, you know, being so far down and away from where I'm at upstairs at night, you love that. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, there's something that lets you lay your head on your pillow at night about that. But I go down almost every day, especially on a day like today where it's, it's cold, it's snowy. And I go down there and I look and it's always at 70 degrees. It's just, it makes a difference. And you do your whole house like that, and suddenly your house is more economical, it's beautiful, it's more valuable. What reason is there not to get the doors and windows? At least to make a phone call. Call Pella, Pella, P-E-L-L-A, 855-Pella-W-I, Pella, P-E-L-L-A, 855-Pella-W-I, or go to PellaWI.com. And right now, nobody down, no interest, no payments. How about that? Um, There's no reason not to call. P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. 855-PELLA-WI or go to PELLAWI.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Getting close. Getting close. I'm hoping it's... Uh, Prior to the end of the new year, or end of the year, so to speak. Uh, but Stoley's Hog Alley out in Oconomowoc. Uh, Summit, to be exact. Hopefully uh, they're open. But uh, been out there a couple of times now, and they're getting close to the renovation being done. And, uh, boy, it's going to be a hell of a party when they do. And they, the expanse and the room and just uh, the place looks magnificent. So kudos to Jeff and the job they have done. In the meantime, go out and see Alicia at Stoll's Old 109 out in Watertown. they got a big uh, New Year's Eve party all planned for you. So if you're out in the Watertown area, there's no better place to be. Just stop out. Tell them we said hi, but uh, they have got a really good package together, some good music and such uh, for uh, New Year's Eve as well. So Stoley's Hog Alley in Oconomowoc getting ready to reopen. Uh, we should probably take the show on the road and go there. He's been such a big supporter of ours and such a big supporter of the motorcycle ride. Good friends. They were here at the party uh, this past weekend. Had so much fun. We just had such a good time. And uh, it was uh, it, it, so hopefully when he does uh, reopen, we can maybe go over and do something for him and, and help him out. We love those, those small businesses that support us so much. And thank, thanks to them. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Mark says between Dobbs and Watson, uh, they're going to want uh, the TDs. This sure they're going to want the TDs. This should be fun uh, if Aaron just does his effing job. Um. Yeah, they want the TDs. They want the numbers. Yeah, they want the celebrations. They want to. They want to work together. Damn straight. I I don't blame them. I I gotta think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I gotta think when the Packers come back to practice today or even on Tuesday, knowing the scenario for them to have a shot. You know, as a competitor, that's all you want is a shot. You gotta think. There's a different level of energy there's a we have played like garbage our coordinators have been garbage our quarterback has been mediocre and banged up our receiving core has been banged up our secondary has played like garbage our defensive front has been kind of non-existent everything has shown up at times and then not shown up at times it's been so completely inconsistent we have played like garbage. And then you look around the room and go, and we still got a shot. If that doesn't give you something to come back to, I don't know what will. 
You know, you got to think you're going to see a better, sharper, more prepared team coming in a Monday night. You just do. And if you don't, if you do, if this team looks bad on Monday night, then I will then have, depending on how they look, I will have real concerns about the coaching staff. Like, I've never thought that Matt LaFleur's job was in danger. I'd say, I mean, I know that Vegas has got, you know, he's on that board. He's like the last name on that board. Um, and I, but I've, you know, I've always thought, you know, 95, 97% of me says, no, that guy, no, he's safe. He's safe. They just gave him an extension. He's had three back-to-back-to-back 13-win seasons. He's been to an NFC Championship game. But I also think about the losses, the ignoring uh, of an incredibly poor special teams unit, uh, the unbelievably stupid unwillingness to change the offensive line when you were getting your ass handed to you last year against San Francisco, and you had made changes going into that game. Why not go back to what was working prior to? Um. You just, you just, there have been mistakes. And if, if this team comes out poor and the defense, again, going back to the article, is unbelievably predictable, poor in fundamentals, looks lethargic, unprepared, whatever you want to call it. If we're looking at a third and six and they're playing 12 yards off the ball, you know, stuff like that. Then I can't say I can't help but say, Matt, if you're not willing to make a change to something better or different in the middle of a season when clearly there is a massive failure going on, then you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. So I'm I'm really anxious to see what what happens in this this game coming up on Monday night. Uh, Dennis says, there's a couple of basic rules to becoming a great head coach or a leader. The first is the ability to recruit, hire, and develop an outstanding coaching staff, especially at the coordinator position. The staff must possess uh, the proven skills to train, develop, and inspire these players to become champions. Mo Drayton and Joe Barry were horrible hires. Now, remember, Mo Drayton was something that he inherited. Mo Drayton was already on the staff. He didn't hire him, but basically the job was kind of like wink, wink, nod, nod, take Mo Drayton. So he didn't necessarily, because he wanted somebody else at the time, and they were not going to pay the money for the for the guys he wanted. So I'm not I'm giving him a little bit of a pass on Mo Drayton. Although during the season, there should have been a, an ousting of Mo Drayton because clearly it wasn't working. The Joe Barry thing, yep, I agree with you. You don't the tackle second, live at any point. N- never. Uh, the second is the ability to always make decisions based upon winning. Uh, personal friendships with the staff or the players must never interfere with making the right decision. For a team's success, uh, the philosophy is simple to holding uh, players, coaches, and everybody accountable. Uh, change the results or uh, change the faces. LaFleur failed to uh, – LaFleur has proven he's unwilling or unable to follow these rules. That's why he deserves to be replaced after the season. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. I that I that I would agree with. I, I'm not saying that he needs to be replaced. I'm not going that far. I'm saying I'm going to wait and see. Joe Barry, absolutely, 100. percent But I'm not sitting here jumping on the "oh my god, he sucks" type of thing. You know. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This is from Mark, who says, uh, "No, I already read that one." This one's from Bob. Bob says. 
Uh, with the Packers defense struggling as bad as they are, can you not mix up something in practice? Can you not start hitting, or are they not allowed to do that? Uh, going back to the <laughs> the drop that just uh, was played, um, they only have so many hitting practices that they're allowed to even suit up in pads. And because of the collective bargaining agreement, there's only so much you can do. And at this point in the season, very rare. Now, they may come out today or tomorrow and hit. <clears throat> but it's very rare. It's very rare. And, and again, the part of it is the it, it, it's got to be the willingness upon the player to say, I, I want to throw a shoulder in there. I want to get to the play. I want to run down. I want to take an angle. I want to blow through my block. I want to whatever it is. It's, it's part of the player. We can talk about Joe Barry all day long and whether or not he's putting guys in the right place to make a play. But when you've got a guy in front of you and you arm tackle, you weak acid, you know, we saw Darnell Savage Jr. pull up a couple times this year. It's like, what are you doing? Are you a football player? This isn't flag football. This is professional football. This is the NFL. If you're going to pull up, get off the field. <laughs> Nobody needs that. So uh, as much as we can say Joe Barry has been schematically goofy, bad, predictable, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's also got to be a part of the willingness of the player to go out there and throw themselves around to do it. That I completely agree with. 877-867-1670. Um, I have not seen that. Somebody said Brad Boxberger to uh, – yeah. Has he got moved? Did he get moved? I didn't see it. He the, goes to the Cubs. The Cubs signed him for okay. – uh, let me find the amount because the Brewers had declined. They owed him 750000 They declined a $3 million option. So that's a what? $2,250,000 difference. He got right. $2.8 million from the Cubs today. So got $2.8 million. The Brewers wouldn't sign him for three. Okay. Uh, that's uh, kind of your setup guy. Your bullpen just got a little bit weaker. That's the most dependable guy they had last season. Right. In a year where that's probably why they missed the playoffs. That's a, that's a little disconcerting to just watch him walk like that. So, But I'm, I'm going to remain optimistic. I'm going to hang in there. Going to hang in there. Just we'll see. We'll see what happens. 877-867-1670. Stick around. This whole program always brought to you by our good friends over there. New male medical treating guys with ED all over the state, beyond the borders. If you're listening to the program, doesn't matter where you're at. If you're in Texas, call them. If you're in Milwaukee, call them. If you're in Chicago, call them. If you're in Vegas, call them. One phone number, and they can get you in touch with anybody anywhere. 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That's the new mail medical center low t they can help you out if you're feeling moody feeling sluggish feeling down this time of year just dragging you're like ah you just need something they can help you out otherwise maybe the all-in-one weight loss program maybe that's what you need there you go they can help you out just follow the program give it 30 days and you're gonna go wow i've got a new me going on over here maybe do it after maybe that's your new year's resolution you know it doesn't require you heading to the gym every day and doing 40 miles on the treadmill it doesn't require that just a little bit smarter a little bit of help you're good to go that's our friends at New Mail Medical, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Nation. That's our friends of the Milwaukee Admirals. Big game last night. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. And uh, they, uh, they've had a hell of a season going on. They really have. It's been a lot of fun. And they're not even, uh, you know, they're not even halfway through it yet. So last night, I know, last night they took a loss. They lost to the Wolfpack last night. But uh, for the most part, it's been, it's been, uh, been a hell of a year. So uh, if you have not uh, been down to an Admirals game yet, uh, I recommend you do so because they, they've been really, really fun to watch big time. Uh, I'm going to get down there, as a matter of fact, uh, coming up here, I believe it's the 27th I'm going over. I'm going to watch him uh, take on the Wolves at home. But, yeah, last night, last night was a 3-4 loss shootout or 4-3 loss shootout uh, last night to the uh, Hartford Wolfpack. They got Toronto coming into town this Saturday. Uh, and and this, this month, they've been winning some serious games. And in this month, uh, they've hit a little bit of a buzzsaw. But for the most part, they've been playing pretty well. They've also had some guys shuffle up and down. But uh, they're going to be uh, taking on the Wolves on the 18th down at the Rosemont Horizon. Then back again on the 21st and 27th. So some good uh, good games going on there on AHL TV as well. So check out MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals. Dot com and good hockey action down at the UW Panther Arena. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Here's a question. Uh, ben, do you believe that the Packers reflect their head coach? I do. I I think there's a lot of evidence we can point to throughout this season where uh, maybe not in every single way of his personality, but going mm-hmm. to London, all the talk at the press conference was how ridiculous the travel was. It kind of looked like it showed up on the field. The Jets come to town. It's a noon kickoff. He talks about how it could be a sleepy noon kickoff. Packers got their butts kicked. There are a bunch of games where up at the podium even, forward, like public facing, he's made comments about short week and, and all that stuff, the preparation, and then we kind of mm-hmm. see that on the field. So in that way, yes. I um, now the argument is, is that the Packers are exactly like their head coach because their head coach is soft, is soft. And I, I I go back to and I I was talking about this this morning. I go back to the first year Matt LaFleur was here and and I'll never forget it. It was Rodgers on a rollout to his right, didn't throw the ball, held on, held on, held on, held on and then threw it away. There was guys open. Underneath, he just didn't want to throw it to him. Matt LaFleur runs down, I mean, like at a sprint, runs down the sideline, screaming at, at, at Rodgers. And Rodgers is like pointing, holding his hand out like, what do you want me to do? And Matt LaFleur like pointing at the guys like with his sheet in hand, like at the guys that were open saying, throw the effing ball. You could clearly see it in his mouth that that's what was said. And I thought, boy, that guy's got some chutzpah. You know, he's coming in, he's putting his mark on this team. He's he's handling it, you know. He's got a re- working relationship with Rodgers, but Rodgers is going to have to respect this guy. You know, this is kind of like Holmgren and Favre. You know, you, we're we're going to be great. We're going to work together, but you're going to do what I want you to do. And since then, like this year, it's just the opposite. We've seen Lafleur say, "This is a biz- going to London. This is a business trip. This is a business. We don't have time to go out and visit. We're not we're not there to go see the sights. We're there. To, this is a business trip." And Rodgers, a couple hours later, is going, no, we're going to go to a pub. We want to see, you know, the locals. We want to see, you know. It was completely the counter opposite of what uh, of, of what Matt LaFleur stated. We've seen Rodgers more times than not yell at Matt LaFleur. What are you doing? What the F are you calling? 
You know, we've seen it. You know, the close-ups we've seen. And it's kind of like I I have seen this erosion of his grip on the team. And, and we talked about it, you know, even after the Lions game, like it just feels like he's hanging on the edge of the cliff and his fingertips are over the edge of the cliff. And one by one, the fingertips are slipping off to to maybe losing the locker room. Now, as Andy Herman said, we have not seen the team quit. They haven't quit on him, which is good. But we're not seeing that same grip, that same intensity. We're seeing a lot of uhs and thans and, oh, look at the tape. And, you know, and it's just, it's, this was a guy that was firmly in command before. And now it's just a lot of stuttering. It's a, a lot of just trying to answer questions that are legit, but takes offense to, like, the whole thing of, I can't believe I'm even answering this after one game. Are you stupid? You can't, that did not come out of the mouth of the head coach, did it? One game? What the hell are you watching? One game. So it it feels different. Just from the co- head coaching perspective, it feels different. So it's, there's a lot to me riding on this, coming out of this, you know, I'm not going to say the second half because we're way beyond that, but coming out of the bye week, the rejuvenation, the self-scouting, the, the putting the train back on the track, four, four games, light at the end of the tunnel. They, this is where you grab everybody and you say, damn it, I'm going to drag you across the finish line. This is a head coach. You do that. Then you find that player that's willing to do that for you, you know, which should be Rodgers, uh, but, you know, whomever else it happens to be, and says, this is what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, plus you've got, the home games, the only game you have that's on the road is in Miami. So you've got, you know, if you can do that and look confident and feel good and sound good and sound right and you get the fans behind you and things can really matriculate in the right direction, it just, you know, as Tom says on the Bud Light live stream, he says, look at the Jets and the Titans games. LaFleur's teams were bullied, physically beaten in the trenches by those teams. And he's right. The, the Jets specifically, man, they just beat you up. And they, there was, there was no, you didn't have an answer, you know, you just, you didn't have anything that made you say, we got this, you know, Quinn and Williams whooped your ass. Sheldon Rankins whooped your ass and you had no answer for that. So I I'm, I'm really, really interested and excited and anticipatory when it comes to what's going to happen on Monday night, you're either going to come out, you're going to say, we're going to put our stamp on this thing and we're going to make believers of not out of everybody else, but out of people in the locker room. Or this is, you know, then then you really start to question where you're at in leadership, no doubt. Uh, Tom Silverstein of the Journal Sentinel just tweeted out, LaFleur said there's a lot of familiarity between the Packers and the Rams staffs. He doesn't expect things to change that much with the Rams offense now under Baker Mayfield. Uh, it just basically comes down to who he thinks will execute the best, which it's 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 probably true with uh, Matt LaFleur speaking now we'll hear Matt LaFleur coming up in the next hour by the way we'll we'll hear from him uh, but it's you know cross your fingers that uh, the Packers come out with a tenacity uh, by the way uh, I know that people were asking me about David Bakhtiari I I've got it you know I don't know what's being said in, in behind the walls of 1265 uh, if you've ever had an appendicitis and an appendectomy it is a a muscle that's you know, right here in your 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 mid torso. Now they do it differently. They don't just cut you open in that big zipper cut anymore. Uh, they do it differently. They can do it laparoscopically now, I believe. Uh, so it's a little bit different. It's not quite as painful. But I even go back to the beginning of the season, right before training camp, when Joe Burrow had his ap- uh, appendix out, 
and said it was it was pretty painful. It took him a while to kind of come back. I can't imagine now being a pressing 300-pound lineman and sitting there saying, oh, yeah, no big deal. I'm going to go back and just use my body and my weight and my, my torso and my leverage and all of that, and I'm just going to be fine. I, I can't imagine him only a couple of weeks removed from that, that he's going to be ready to go probably not until uh, maybe after the Miami game. You might see him back. And then you kind of go from there. So uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You got something to say? Say it. Bring it. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are getting ready for the Rams on Monday night. Although Green Bay is a long shot to make the playoffs, here's one fact to consider. Under Matt LaFleur, since 2019, the Packers' record for games in the month of December is 15-1. and Packers halfback, A.J. Dillon. At this point, or very close to this point, the last two years we had already clinched the playoffs. You know, it's, it's, it's very, like, it's human nature to know that, you know, in order for us to get to where we want to get, we got to win them all. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's it's like a, the elephant in the room or anything like that. Wide receiver Alan Lazard on finally getting a bye week to rest up the body before the final push through these last four games on the schedule. Definitely feel like a, a new energy, you know, back in the locker room today, you know, just for the rest of the week and everything, just being able to knowing what we have ahead of us and uh, it's very well within our reach. The Rams are 0-2 so far at Lambeau Field under head coach Sean McVay, who when he got the job as head coach, his first hire was Matt LaFleur as offensive coordinator. McVay on learning the forecast for Monday night is mostly cloudy and a game time temperature of 12 above. You know, it's a special place. You know, I, I love this game. I mean, you can feel the, the history and what a special venue it is, you know, how important it is, you know, to just that area. And obviously I'm familiar with it just because of my relationship with Matt, but going there, this being the third time, you know, in the last couple of years is, uh, you know, I, I, I prefer the L.A. weather always, <laughs> but it'll be, it'll be great. That's Rams head coach Sean McVay in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. If you uh, are looking for something to do in the Northwoods, uh, tucked away in uh, on the beautiful 100-acre Muscano Island in the Menominee River, uh, a lot of activities, both sides uh, and the area nearby, which is uh, up near the UP, it's the Four Seasons Island Resort. You can check it out at thefourseasonswisconsin.com. But uh, whether it's the upstairs lounge bar, downstairs Boundary Waters bar, spacious rooms, uh, just a beautiful place. Now they have snow up there. You know what that means, right? Right? That means the snowmobile trails are open. So now you can pack the sleds up. You can go up there for a weekend. As a matter of fact, there's times on the weekend when you're up there uh, at this time of year or into January, you know, February and such, that there's more snowmobiles in the parking lot than there are cars because people come from miles around just to go over and hang out. It's It's a really fun time. Check out TheFourSeasonsWisconsin.com, but better yet, get a hold of our girl Barb, B-A-R-B, Barb at TheFourSeasonsWisconsin.com. That is Barb at TheFourSeasonsWisconsin.com, or call them 715-324-5800, 715 
324-5800 and uh, give her a shout and you get the Bill Michaels 15. Tell her you heard about it here. You got to, and then you get 15% off. Coming up after the top of the hour, got to get into it. It is fantasy football time. Paul Charging is going to be here. If you got a fantasy question, you're uh, you're in, man. You're in. If you if you're heading towards the postseason, you got to get some questions in, get some answers from our guy the charge. Give us a shout because we're going to talk with Paul Charging and coming up here in just a little bit. So call, call the number. We'll put you on the air with Charge four one four or excuse me eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Give us a call or hit us up over on uh, on Twitter. On the Bud Light live stream, you can find us. Go ahead and give us your questions there. Uh, email works just the same. Give us a question there on email as well. So plenty of ways to get a hold of us. We would love to hear from you. And if you got a question for Paul Charchin to help out your fantasy, and give us an either or. Every now and then we get somebody that uh, texts me or hits on the uh, Bud Light live stream and they get pissed because we don't ask the question. And I need two out of the next five. You're not going to get your question asked. I'm not going to ask it. It's too difficult to kind of go through everything. Give me an either or. You know, you need to start this running back or this one. Maybe one out of three. But don't give us, you know, hey, I need two out of five and I need one guy in the slot. And uh, by the way, which one's mom's hotter? Yeah, you know, stop. So give us a shout, though. Zach I'll Wilson. Try to get it. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. It's, it's, it's like hot mom Tourette's for, that was, uh, for, that was for a Ben Kenny. Just <laughs> So go ahead and get it to us, uh, and we'll try to get your question in um, for uh, for Paul Charchian. Uh Real quick, this is from uh, Steve. Steve says uh, that he wanted to know, have you heard anything on Steph Curry? And by, if you didn't see it, Steph Curry, I don't know who he was trying to, uh, trying to stop, but he kind of took a swipe as uh, the, 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 you know, one of the one of the uh, one of the Indiana Pacers were going past him. He tried to swipe at the basketball and kind of hit his arm. It was really reminiscent of what Dwayne Wade did. Remember when Dwayne Wade did it though? Dwayne Wade went down. Steph Curry got up. He was holding his shoulder. He was like flexing. He's like ah, you know. And then he walks off the floor. He leaves the floor. You know. Remember when Dwayne Wade did it? Dwayne Wade did it, and he had to go leave the floor in a wheelchair with towels over him. Remember that? I'll never forget that. I'm like, it's a shoulder injury, dude. It's a it's a shoulder. This is the, you know, come on. He, but he left in a wheelchair. They had to bring a wheelchair for him. So anyway, but Steph Curry, no, I have not heard the uh, the results of the MRI as to whether or not he's going to be be down for a while. Boy, they can't win on the road though. Their biggest bugaboo right now is they just can't win on the road. So there you go. Uh, so anyway, uh, we've got uh, Paul Charchian coming up here after the top of the hour. Stay tuned for that. We're going to talk with Charge. Bottom of the hour little bit of betting you and I and I'm I'm above 500 so if you're following me you're making some gauge you're following Ben you might be paying a piper a little bit but we're gonna make some more bets yep. here at the bottom of the hour uh, bottom of the next hour yeah go ahead Ben uh, I was just saying yes oh, okay. I'm bad <laughs> don't tell my picks bet against them <laughs> but don't let me get hot that's all, all I'm right. gonna say. there you go two hours down two hours yet to go stay tuned Paul Charchian going to be joining us. He's coming up next. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.